time's up. You belong to me. He thumped the floor with the tip of his cane before leaning his weight on it. I'm glad you're not one of us, Mr. Traveler, despite being named for our angel. He nodded to himself and turned around. I have a feeling this is a job for a Gentile, not a saint. Traveler settled back into his chair. Cross-ventilation brought the scent of mountain sage and juniper in from the east and out the temple-facing window. He breathed deeply and prodded the major with an encouraging smile. There's a time factor involved. Stiles lifted his cane until it was pointing at Traveler. Without the stick's support, he wobbled slightly. That's why I want to get things started as soon as possible. He peered at Traveler for a moment, then grunted as if satisfied with what he saw. Cemeteries, Mr. Traveler. They'll get you two in the end. My father's a great one for pioneer graveyards. Looking for relatives like the rest of us, I dare say. We do it in the daytime, though, don't we? We say to ourselves, cemeteries are so beautiful and peaceful in daylight, but how they frighten us at night. The man held up a hand to forestall comment. My wife's buried up in city cemetery. That's where I'll rest, too, when I'm called home. The trouble is I can't go yet, not without setting matters right. Traveler adjusted the lined yellow pad in front of him, but made no move to write on it. Right after the war, I bought side-by-side plots. A good thing, too. These days, city cemeteries running out of room. My son and his family are going to have to find their own resting place when their time comes. Shaking his head, Major Stiles returned to the client's chair and eased himself onto its hard wooden seat. Listen to me, an old man rambling on like he had all the time in the world. Like I said before, Mr. Traveler, I've come to you to help set matters right before it's too late. Grimacing, he reached into the inner pocket of his suit coat and removed an unsealed envelope. He studied it for a moment before setting it on Traveler's desk. Go ahead, take a look for yourself. Inside was a cashier's check for $132.07. It was made out to Carl Falk and or Moroni Traveler. That's how much I owe the man, Stiles said. He had $14.70 coming to him back in July of 1945. That's the amount I deposited at 5% interest. As of now, it comes to what you see there, 13207. Are you saying this man's been missing since 1945? I know it's a long time ago, but you come highly recommended, Mr. Traveler. Someone important in the church says you're the one to get tough jobs done, even impossible ones. That sounds like something Willis Tanner would say. You're lucky to have a friend like that, a man who speaks for the prophet himself. Willis and I go back long before he was a spokesman for the church. And I can't help wondering why you're not a saint. Why? Sal's teeth snapped together. There I go again, wandering off the subject. It used to be that being LDS was important here in our promised land. But look at Salt Lake now. Half the people on the streets are Gentiles like you. You're driving the saints out. Traveler sighed. What about this man, Falk? He was a Gentile, all right. The last time I saw him, he was a 24-year-old German prisoner who looked older than I did, and I was 39 at the time. That was back in July 1945. That made Stiles 87, Traveler calculated. Carl Falk had been through a lot in the war, of course. As for me, I was too old to fight, or so said the powers that be. Stiles expelled a deep, shuddering breath. I was commissioned in 41, two months before Pearl Harbor. I was already 35 then. 
They wouldn't have taken me at all except for my bookkeeping background, plus a lot of ROTC I'd had in high school and college. By 1943, I was a paymaster for the German prisoner of war program here in Utah. Traveler studied the check again. Why couldn't Carl Falk have been something simple, like a runaway wife? As a paymaster, I was responsible for reimbursing the prisoners. Eighty cents a day we paid them for war work. That came to twenty-one dollars a month, the same pay our own soldiers were getting at the time. Stiles leaned forward. I can see why you're wondering why enemy prisoners needed money. They had their own canteens, for one thing, where they could buy cigarettes and candy. Whatever they didn't spend, they could save. That's how Falk's $14.70 started accumulating. What kind of work did he do? Traveler asked, for lack of anything better. I'm coming to that. First, you've got to understand the times, the situation. Early in the war, our main consideration was security. POWs were kept behind barbed wire.